This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. Let's turn to John Gospel, Gospel according to John, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. Gospel according to John, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. Word of God says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after this stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 long years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. So what we read just now is a miracle that Jesus performed in Jerusalem. A man who was lying there near the pool of Bethesda for 38 long years was healed by our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God talks about the moving of the water or stirring of the water. The water has so much of significance in the word of God. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 20, word of God says, God said, looked at the water, he said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. Word of God's water speaks of physical birth of living creatures. In Ephesians 5.26, word of God says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Water also speaks about God's word, the word of God, that works like a cleansing agent in our lives. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 25, word of God says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. Water also speaks of purification or cleansing. Word of God gives so much of importance to water. Water also speaks of spiritual life. In John chapter 14, John chapter 4 verse 14 says, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up into eternal life. Water also speaks about the spiritual nourishment that we get from the word of God. Water also speaks of multitude 
or people. In the book of Revelation chapter 17 verse 15 says, Then he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. You know, water has so much of significance, so much of importance in the word of God. Now in the miracle we saw an angel stirring up the water. You know, there are various interpretations and arguments about who this angel was. But I'm going to go by the written word of God today. I'm not going to get into any of the commentaries or any of the interpretation that's being around, that's around. I'm just going to go by the written word of God. Because I believe in angels. Do you believe in angels? Yes. We all believe in angels. I also believe that angels are important in the kingdom of God. You know, we cannot take angels out of the word of God because throughout the word of God, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we see the significance of angel. We see all through the Old Testament, even at the book, in the book of Revelation, we see the angels are so much involved in the judgment process as God is about to judge the world. The seal judgment, the trumpet judgment, and the bowel judgment, in all these are done by angels. Our judgments on this earth is going to be executed by angels. Angels are spirit beings and they are the ministers of God. So I happen to believe that angel of God was sent once in a while to stir up this pool, the water in the pool, so that there will be healing. Again, let's go to verse 3, John chapter 5, verse 3. Verse 3 says, In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. What they were waiting for? They were waiting for the moving of the water. So all that I could see here, there is a great need. There is a great need for healing. What kind of people they are, those who are lying there? There are multitudes of sick people. They are lame, blind, paralyzed, all the diseases that we can name under the heaven. They were all found there. Can you imagine, just imagine that pool being there and the pool is surrounded with sick people you know like you know like they're just just packed there because there is no room over there they are basically helpless they are helpless people they cannot help by themselves they cannot just kill they get healed by themselves and probably they don't have the money to go to the doctors even even if they go to the hospital their disease their sickness is not diagnosed and there is no other way they can bring healing into their lives they are not really looking for Jesus there. They, are not, they have not come there to the pool looking for an angel. They were just looking to get healed. That was their main intention of coming and lying there. They wanted healing on that day. They wanted a solution for their problem. You know, many times even when we live on this earth, you know, we just go by that way. Okay, so we can see God. We can go to heaven. They all become secondary at times. How do I, Lord, live when I live on this earth? I am having such a sickness in my family, in my body. Lord, what do I do next to live, to see the very next day? This man, I am sure, 38 long years, he was just lying there in the pool of Bethesda without any hope in his life. Today, 
if we turn around and look at look around we see people everywhere who are crippled who are blind who are deaf who are not able to speak who are just counting the hours the days which are in front of them you know many times our heart really burdens when we hear that a little baby is fighting with cancer a little baby a little girl or a boy is struggling with cancer and they are counting their days when they live on this earth you know there are terrible things that is going on all around the earth today that people are living in sickness you know it really doesn't matter how long people live in sickness for some of them it may be just a day some of them it may be two days some of them it may be two years or some of them even here we see 38 long years this man was living in his sickness word of god says people are perishing today on this earth of course we know that they are perishing because of the sickness in their lives and also there are so much of spiritual infirmities being around today in our lives people are spiritually blind they are spiritually deaf they are all waiting for an answer they have so many questions they are not able to go beyond they are not able to think beyond because they are spiritually blind they need an answer they need a solution word of god very clearly says people suffer today on this earth because they have rejected god let's read a scripture from the book of hosea chapter 4 verse 6 hosea chapter 4 verse 6 word of god says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge hosea chapter 4 verse 6 my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge i also will reject you from being priest for me because you have forgotten the law of your god I also will forget your children. I also will forget your children. You know that's what word of God says. Then are you getting there? Getting that the screen? Why? Word of God says that we need to seek the Lord. We need we cannot reject the word of God. You know I used to tell some parents just at least for the sake of your children follow the word of god because god's word says it is very clear because you rejected my word because you have forgotten the law of your god i also will forget your children i also will forget your children today as parents each one of us are accountable to seek the lord because we don't want god to forget our children we want god to take care of our children at least for the sake of our children it is time that we need to see god word of god says people perish not having the word of god not knowing the word of god proverbs 29:18 where there is no vision the people perish where there is no vision people perish people perish due to the lack of revelation of god's word they just read the word of god and they just throw this book aside they don't allow the spirit of god to speak to their lives so word of god says people are perishing not knowing the word of god if us corinthians 118 word of god says people think that cross is foolishness people think that cross is foolishness that's what that's how word of god says for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing 
Those who are perishing, those who are dying in their sins, those who are not having any hope after the death on this earth, they are perishing in their sins because they think that it is foolishness to follow cross. It is foolishness to follow cross. People who do not understand God's word, people who do not give importance to God's word, people who think that cross is foolishness, they need to be drawn near to the near the gospel to the gospel they need to become closer they need to come closer to gospel how that happens at times god heals god heals when they are going through sickness there will be a time in their lives that they seek god at least for their sickness at least for a relief from their disease god heals them and he draws them closer to him Healing is a means through which people are brought to Jesus Christ. You know, if you go to some of the missionary field, mission fields, when people who do, who do not know God, when they come to the meetings, prayer meetings, when the missionaries pray for them, lay hands on them and pray for them, God heals them. And through healing, they will come to know that Jesus is alive today. Jesus is alive today. Jesus draws people through healing. I really thank God for the healing ministries and for the healing ministers. You know, they are so important today to this world. And you know, we also need to be careful about when we talk something about the healing ministers. You know, I keep hearing people taking it for granted to say anything, whatever they want to say against the people who are being used in healing ministry. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for them. You know, they are more vulnerable to the attack of the enemy because they stand against the infirmities. They stand against the sicknesses. They cast the sickness out in the, from the people in the name of the Lord. And they are more vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. We need to pray for them. We need to stand with them and we need to pray for them. You know, today's church is so silent, unfortunately, concerning the healing ministry. But you know what? God has to use individuals to bring forth healing among people. If the church is going there, but we don't need all these big crusades because in every church, there is crusade every Sunday morning. People are, you know, the, there is preaching about healing, there is faith for healing and there are miracles happening. Because church is so cold in terms of healing, the divine healing, what the word of God says. God is raising up healing ministers to do the work of God on this earth. The river of healing, word of God says, it flows from the temple of God. Church has the authority over sickness today. Church has power over sickness today. God's children's children, they have legal right over sickness. You know, when we talk about healing, and you know, the church has a feeling that, oh, that belongs to somebody else. No, it belongs to those who follow the word of God. Because this scripture talks so much about the healing that we are talking about today. Jesus Christ on that day, when he went to the pool of Bethesda, he saw a man there, 38 long years, lying over there. Most of the time, healing takes place when people are hungry for healing. You know, when someone comes with a hungry heart, that Lord, unless you heal me, I'm not going to get up from this place. Lord, unless you heal my life, Lord, 
I cannot move forward unless you heal my child, unless you heal my parents, Lord. We cannot do anything. When we come with a hunger in our hearts, when we come with a determination that we need to receive God's healing, you know, that's the time we find out God healing us. For healing to take place, word of God says, the healing, where it starts, it proceeds from the temple of God. In a moment, I'm going to show that from the word of God. Healing takes place wherever the move of water takes place. In the pool of Bethesda, the angel of God comes down and all that he did, he just came and he moved the waters. When there is a move of the water, when there is a move of the Spirit of God, you know, that's where healing takes place. The move of the Holy Spirit is very, very essential for healing to take place. Healing needs a perfect condition of the moving of the Holy Spirit. Healing needs an intervention, a supernatural intervention into the life of human, the natural beings like you and me. A perfect coordination between the divine and the natural brings healing to our body. You know, when we believe, when we put that faith in God, that God can heal me, God heals. There are so many testimonies. Even my life, I am a testimony. I can, I'm sure each one of you are a testimony for the supernatural work of God in our lives. So we see great multitude of people lying there. They are all in need of healing. Secondly, we see a supernatural move of God. The water doesn't move by itself. In the pool of Bethesda, the water was not just moving by itself by magic, but instead an angel went into the pool and the angel stirred up the water. That's what the word of God says. Probably God commanded an angel to go and stir up the water. And the angel obeyed the word of God and he comes down once in a while and he stirs up the water. And when the angel stirs up the water, that's where the healing was taking place. You know, today even God sends angels. God sends his people, maybe the ministers of God, on our way to stir up the water in our lives. Psalm 104 Verse 4 says, God who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. God who sends his angels which are spirit being and he makes his ministers a flame of fire. You know when Jesus cast out demons from some of those demon passes, especially on that day when he cast out a demon who was mute, who was not speaking. And Jesus was laying his hands and praying for him. And he cast out the demons. You know what people said? People around him, they said, probably this man is demon possessed. This man has a demon by name Beelzebub. He's a chief of the demon. Probably Jesus is doing it by, because he himself has a demon. And in another place, the Jews, they told him that he has a demon in himself. You know, that's how people looked at Jesus. That's so true. Even today it happens. You know, when somebody moves in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, when someone does something, you know, today the world looks at them and the world probably thinks that, you know, they are probably religious fanatics. Or maybe the, and they, you know, they can get into a tendency that, you know, they may just keep them aside as a social outcast. 
they are not in the right way but when when god uses somebody when god sends some angel on our way you know it is for our good it is for our good the angel of lord came into the pool of bethesda and as the pool the water was moved was stirred up we see healing taking place there god is sending somebody along our way god is sending someone along our way but you know what at times when god somebody sends someone along our way we need to realize that it is for our good it is for our good you know we need to be careful in some of our attitude towards the ministers and ministers of god you know something i want to tell you as an advice for some of us which i have gone through i had a tough time in my family and my in-laws family we had very great struggle to tell people that do not speak against the man of god men of god and women of god you know i don't know about in our country there's a, there's a great culture i don't know about here when someone is used by god people have, have a tendency and intention to throw stones through to throw stones we really don't know what he is going through how much of struggle that this man of god somebody is going through but you and i we don't have any right to tell anything about them if they are teaching something wrong probably you can instruct people and tell them that okay that man is not teaching right things probably you need to keep away from them if you find anything ungodly in somebody people who are following them we need to tell but then we need not to bring that as a gossip and tell everybody that that's what is this this is what is this instead god expects us to pray for him you know always i remember which i i keep remembering i don't know why but i keep remembering what really happened to that 42 young kids in the life of elijah if you remember sorry elisha if you remember shall we just go back quickly to second kings chapter 2 23 to 24 second kings chapter 2 23 24 when elisha healed the waters in that city because the water was producing death and barrenness elisha asked his servant to bring a bowl full of salt and elisha threw the salt into the waters and word of god says the water was turned into be a blessing there is no more death and there was no more healing and this man of god walking into another city coming out of the city after doing this miracle in fact he was on his way to bethel that's what the word of god says second kings 2:23 to 24 and what we see there is a group of youth came there and they mocked at him saying go up you bald headed go up you bald headed you know most of us are having bald head are about to have bald head in our life that's what exactly elijah was probably this man of god we don't know how long how old he was at that point of time probably he lost all his hair hair that is true that's nothing wrong in that but this you know children young kids they just looked at him and they said go up bald headed go up bald headed they were just teasing him word of god says which i couldn't believe two female birds bears came out of the wood and the bears killed 42 kids on that day can you believe it if that can happen on that day it can happen today too i have seen families going through sufferings in their lives because they were just speaking against a man of god 
And today we don't have right, I don't have right to talk anything about somebody else. Because I need to take care of my own business. I have my own struggles, my own problem. Who am I to tell, condemn somebody who is going through his own struggles? Ministers are sent on our way for our good. You know, when Paul writes to Timothy, he says, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gifts of God. I remind you to stir up the gifts of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. He was laying his hands on Timothy and he was praying for Timothy and God stirred up the gifts. Here we see the angel of God coming from heaven to stir up the water because there can be healing there. You know, as the angels stir up the water, there was more anointing. You know, as the Lord stirs up our lives through the Holy Spirit, work of the Holy Spirit, we see more life within our lives, in our dead situation, more healing taking place. We see more move of God in our lives. You know, God sends the angels of God in our lives to stir up for something which is good. Something which is good. Not everyone can do this. Not everyone can stir up the move of God in our lives. Only those who are called, only those who are deterministic, those who are disciplining him themselves, those who are committed to the word of God in obedience and deep understanding of the word of God and they are sacrificially committed, earnestly seeking God in fasting and prayer, only they can stir up the move of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life today, not everybody. And God is sending the ministers of God, his angels on our way today to stir up our lives. To stir up our lives. Today the church is in deadness. I was talking to a minister of God in, from Toronto on the other day. She was sharing with me her burden that she is going through in her life. She says, when I speak to some of the pastors, she's a minister used in, in, very well in the, in, by God in the healing ministry. She says, when I speak to some of the pastors, they are so discouraged. They are already dead. There is no life in them. How can they bring life in somebody's life? Some of the pastors' life are so pathetic today. Even in the city of Halifax, there are pastors. They don't have God in their life. They don't have belief. If you go and ask them why we are not able to conduct healing ministry, they will say that I don't believe in healing. I really thank God for that Anglican church which is down there. They have healing ministry they are going on. They have healing service going on. You know, today we don't believe in God. How can we make people to follow Jesus Christ? Ministers of God, it takes so much for them to stand as a witness for God and to stir up the move of God in the life of people. Angels are given to bring the move of God in our lives. But angels cannot forgive sin. Angels cannot forgive sin. The man who was lying there for 38 years, when he was healed, Jesus met him in the temple of God. I believe it's verse 14. Chapter 5, John, verse 14. Jesus found him in the temple of God after he got healed. And you know what Jesus said to him? See, you have been made well, sin no more. You have been made well, sin no more. How he got the sickness? The 38 long years he was in the sickness because of his sin. An angel cannot heal the sickness. Sorry, angel cannot heal him from sin. Only Jesus can do it. 
Today the ministers of God, the angels of God are sent towards us to draw us to the cross. Because that's where our Savior died and He bled. Only His blood can cleanse us from all our sins. Number three, the still water couldn't bring healing. Only when the water was stirred, it resulted in healing. Only when the water was stirred, it resulted in healing. Eventually, as we know, all stagnant waters begin to stink. All stagnant water, sometime or other, it will begin to stink. It will cause disease to spread. Whereas the water which is flowing, the water which is stirred up, the water which is troubled, the water which is flowing, brings healing. Brings healing. A stagnant water cannot bring healing. You know, God has to move us up, whether we like it or not. God has to move us up, you know, because God wants to bring that change in our lives. God wants to stir us. God wants to do something in our lives. You know, that's the reason God is continually working in our lives. He's making you to hear the word of God. He is making you to listen to the word of God. He is making you to pray. Some of us, we have never knelt down. But now today, now we are kneeling down to pray. Why? Because God is at work. He is on move. He is trying to do something in our lives. I remember in my life, 26 years ago, in the year 1988, I still remember, it's so fresh in my mind, two assemblies of God pastors, one by name Boaz, another one by name Victor. First time I was introduced to such a ministry, such a church. And these both, they came and they lay hands on me and they prayed. I received the anointing of the Holy Spirit 26 years ago. As Paul did to Timothy, laying his hands on Timothy and then he was receiving the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And God stirred up the anointing within me. From that day until today, the fire of God is continuing in my life. Now God wants to do that. The move of God comes in our lives as God sends his angels to stir up the move of God within us. God wants to do that today to us. God wants to stir up the gifts that we have within us and to be used for the glory of God in our lives. The stagnant water cannot bring healing. But the water that flows brings healing. Let's go to, for a moment, let's go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. We are going to read a couple of scriptures there. You know, as the Lord was showing Ezekiel in a vision, as, has, as Ezekiel was standing near the door of the temple, he saw water flowing from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. That's the vision Ezekiel is having there. The water is flowing from the threshold of the temple towards the east side of the temple. Ezekiel 47. So as the river flows out, word of God says, water comes up to a knee level. And Ezekiel was taken by God to further into the water. And as they walk down, word of God says, the water comes from the ankle to the knee level. And then to the waist. And then word of God says, finally it became a river that they couldn't even walk. They couldn't even swim because it such a, became such a mighty river. And where the water was starting, it is starting to flow from 
the threshold, under the basement of the temple of God. You know, temple of God has a significance. Whether it's a room where we gather together or it's a big cathedral, wherever it is, when people of God are gathering together, it has a significance because the river flows from the temple of God. The river, the healing flows from the temple of God. Let's read a couple of scriptures there. Ezekiel 47 verses 9 to 12. Here we see what of God says, And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. There will be great multitude of fish, because these waters go there, for they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engedi to Engelam, They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. Verse 11 says, but its swams and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt, the stagnant part of the water. But wherever there is a flow, verse 12 says, along the bank of the river, on the side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. And their leaves for medicine. A river that flows, water that stirred up, water that moves brings healing in our lives. Even in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verses 1 to 2. Even in the heaven, even in the heavenly realm, we see the river bringing healing. Revelation 22, verses, I'll read verse 2. In the middle of its street, we are talking about not in this world, but in heaven. And on the other side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You know, word of God clearly says over and over again, wherever the river flows, there will be healing. Even Jesus spoke about the river of the river that flows from our lives into somebody else in John chapter 7 verses 37 to 39. We'll not go there. A flowing river brings healing. Finally, there was a man. There was somebody who was in need of. Because the man who was lying there for 38 long years, he says now, when Jesus came and asked him, he says, I have no man to put me into the pool. Can you ever imagine? He says, I have nobody who cares for me. Everyone jumps ahead of me into the pool. And only one gets healed, whoever jumps first. And can you imagine, this man has been around for 38 long years. Probably, I guess, my immediately, no, immediately what comes in my mind is, probably this man was not liked by anyone. 38 long years, he has been lying there. Always he was considered as a troublemaker. Always he was used to fight with somebody because somebody else went ahead of him. And he used to make fight. And people never liked him. Nobody liked him. He became just an old man now. 38 long years. All along he was a troublemaker for somebody. And nobody liked him. Nobody was willing to take him now. Everyone totally neglected him. But 
Jesus realized his sufferings. He knew that this man is going through a terrible time, 28 long years. You know, sometimes in some of the sicknesses that we carry, or some of our loved ones they have in their lives, they go through that for a very long time. They go through that for a very long time in their lives. They carry it all along. But Jesus realizes that we are going through that struggle. He himself walked near the pool of Bethesda to heal that man who was lying there. The one who is mightier than an angel. The one who is greater than Jonah. The one who is greater than Solomon. The one who is greater than David. The one who is a healer of the sick. Now he is walking into the pool of Bethesda. The healer, the one who opened the blind eyes. The one who healed the lepers. The one who called Lazarus out of the dead. He is walking into the pool of Bethesda. And the angel has nothing to do there now. Because Jesus, the healer, is already there in that place. The healing is about to take place now. Now listen to the cry of this man here. That's where I want to focus today before we close. Verse 7. John chapter 5. He says, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. When the water is stirred up. That's the same cry of many out there today. I have no man to bring me to a place where I can find a solution. No one is inviting me to God's presence. Some people even feel they feel they so they are so neglected they feel that they are not eligible to come and sit in the presence of God because maybe the kind of they look the or the the, the, the the cloth they wear they feel that they are so neglected. But Jesus never God never neglected such people. 38 long years, probably the same cloth. He would have never changed. We don't know what he had on his body. But Jesus never, never neglected him. Sometimes we all think about the prestige. We all think about maybe Christians or Hindus. Or even we think about Protestants or Catholics or this denomination, that denomination. And religion and denomination can never heal can never bring solution for somebody who is in need. And this man is saying, I don't have anybody to take me and put me, throw me into the pool. They all need to be brought to Jesus. There is no doubt about it. They all need Jesus. They all need to be brought to Jesus. But you know what? When Jesus finds for somebody like you and me, like Sister Mercy and Roy, Brother Roy, they could go on his way, meet Brother Om, and tell him about Jesus that day. Not many there out there to do this. Nobody is there. This man is crying out, I don't have anybody to take me and throw me into the pool when the angels stirs up the pool. But you know what God says? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 59, 16. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 16. He saw, God Almighty saw, that there was no man. Isaiah 59, 16. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there is no intercessor. Therefore his own arm brought salvation for him. And his own righteousness it sustained him. Today God Almighty is waiting for you and me. That 
we may go and stand in the gap between God and between that somebody. Maybe our cousin, maybe our brother, maybe our neighbor, maybe a stranger. They need Jesus and God is expecting you and me to go and stand between them because they feel that they are they don't have access to God that's not true but then they feel so you need to go and tell them that come on Jesus loves you Jesus needs you he needs somebody like you not that those who are well dressed not those those who are honored those those who are arrayed in purple and you know in, in different colors not them Jesus is in need of somebody like you someone has to go and tell and Jesus says when there is no intercessor my own arms brought salvation to mankind when there is no one who can go on behalf of God he himself goes I just want to close with this illustration in the deserts of Afghanistan a group of missionaries went to show the Jesus movie to the villages the people from many Afghanistan villages they were all invited on that particular day to an open space where this movie was hosted. Many came from different places, walking miles after miles into the place because someone invited them. They wanted to see a new movie which was not released in that area. They all came there to see the movie of Jesus. One of those villages, while walking through a hilly road, he found an elderly man who was sitting at the side of the road, maybe on a big stone, and keeping both his hands under his head and weeping, continuously weeping with great distress. And this villager who was walking, who was a passerby, and he went and looked at that elderly man. He's so elderly, but he's just not stopping. He's just continually he's crying out, he's weeping. And he was trying to comfort him a little bit. But then, you know, many of his attempts, that he failed. He couldn't comfort the elderly man. He just crying. He was just breaking. He was just touring. Nobody could comfort. Even that man couldn't comfort. Then after a few trials, he failed. And he decided, okay, let me go to see the movie. And he came to the place where the missionaries planned uh, to, uh, you know, display, to show the movie, Jesus' film. Soon after the sunset, they started playing Jesus' film. A large crowd of people was watching the movie in absolute silence. Suddenly one man in the middle of the crowd, he screamed out loud and he looked at the man who was operating the projector and he said, Stop! Stop! in that particular scene. And the projector was stopped in that particular scene. And that scene was the scene when Jesus was baptized from River Jordan and he was just crying, coming out from the bank of the River Jordan. And this villager, he said, stop! And he screamed and the scene was just frozen. And people are trying to understand what's going on there. The missionaries came and asked him, what's wrong with you? What is going on there? And this man was crying, he was crying out and he said, I saw the same man who was sitting on the streets as I was walking near the hillside. He was sitting and crying. I saw the same man sitting and crying there. And then the missionaries realized that was nobody else than Lord Jesus Christ was himself crying at the side of the road for the village 
for the souls who are perishing in the village. If today, if you and I, if we don't go, to, if we don't intercede for somebody who is perishing, word of God says, my own hands, my own arm, I will go down and I will rescue somebody. God does that in many ways. At times he appeared in front of people because he wanted to save somebody from the destruction. Today God expects. What is our response? The man who was sitting there 38 long years, he was saying, no one, no one was ready to tell me about Jesus. No one was ready to tell me to take me and throw into the pool of Bethesda. What is really preventing us today? The one day Isaiah, he heard the voice from the Lord. Isaiah 6, 8. He heard that voice. God saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And then Isaiah said, here I am. Send me Lord. Here I am. Send me Lord. People out there are in need of healing. People out there they are looking for an angel who will come and stir up their lives. They know that this stagnant water cannot bring anything. They have found, they have drank any, enough amount of stagnant waters in their lives. But then they need the move of the Holy Spirit now. They need somebody to bring them to the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's where they can be liberated. That's where they can find healing. And I believe this morning, God is speaking to us. Shall we close our eyes? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.